Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast up here in Dallas. It's Michael. We are uh, doing two things in this podcast. One, we're going to present just the opportunity to sow into our future upper room Dallas building campus, just an epic spot south of downtown. Uh, I lay out just the heart behind uh, this transition, how this opportunity came about, and we're asking people to sow. Uh, man, it's been amazing so far what's been given, so we just ask people to prayerfully consider giving. And then second, Lo uh, unpacks being a mom, and then we honor moms. It's Mother's Day, so uh, enjoy. If you're a mom, I think you'll be encouraged second half. So buckle up. Thanks. How many mothers do we have in the house? Will you raise your hand high? All right. Hey, I want to tell you first and foremost, happy Mother's Day. We honor you. Can we give it up for moms in the room? Thank you. I'm actually really thankful that it's thin tonight, attendance-wise, because we have a lot of young people, and it means they're spending the day with their mama. Way to go. So that's really cool, but we're also glad that you're here. Uh, I want to... Larissa's going to share something uh, on the tail end of this message specifically for women and for moms. Uh, But before she does that, we'll kind of have part one, part two. Um, I want to talk just about this opportunity we have to acquire a building. Um, I want to present the building to you. I want you to pray with me. I want you to ask the Lord to speak um, to you. Uh, Before I do that, I want to give you a quick update. We took an offering last week for Upper Room Delhi. How many of you were here for that? All right, we showed a video. Um, We did it in the morning and the evening, and I am so grateful uh, for your generosity. It really is supernatural. Uh, I haven't seen us respond to a need like we did last weekend, and uh, you, we collectively raised $60,000. I know. So... Uh, that is just such a blessing. Uh, Upper Room India is uh, extremely grateful. They're going to be able to meet the needs of their community, which I think like India, I'm making this stat up, but it's not far from it. It's like, it's single digit Christians. It's like, I don't know what it is, but it's low. And, uh, and yet it's the most, uh, has the most population of a nation in the world. And, uh, and God is raising up men like Joshua David and Upper Room uh, Delhi, um, really to proclaim the gospel. It's phenomenal what God's doing uh, through them. And so thank you for sowing into that. It's really, really good soil. Uh, I wanna make uh, also aware of an event we have next Friday. Uh, how many of you have been participating in our Maranatha nights? Uh, we're praying, yes, they're awesome. So we're in a 40-day fast, started April 14th, going through uh, May 24th, uh, I believe. I'm losing track, <laughs> but I know the end is coming. And, uh, but we, we really felt a mandate from the Lord to pray nightly. Lou was here for seven days and it was just so significant what we sensed the Lord inviting us into. So we said, hey, we're gonna gather our leaders, we're gonna gather our elders, and we're gonna, we're gonna try to pray up here as much as we can. Uh, I know I'm doing four nights a week, something like that. Corey's up here a lot. A lot of our core team is. Our elders and staff are all gathering on Wednesdays for sure. So if you're going to come a night, Wednesdays is a great night to come. Uh, In fact, this last Wednesday night, we had 12 different churches represented. We got to pray for the church, encourage them. I've heard from pastors that are going to start prayer meetings now in their churches. They're calling their church to a fast. So it's really, really cool what God's doing in the body here in Dallas. I think he's setting us up. I know this fast was unto us saying Maranatha. And really what that means is we're just preparing the way for the Lord. We're just saying, God, we, we want to make straight the way for you to come to our city. I believe God wants to do something significant in Dallas. And uh, I know our assignment was to pray and to fast. And what comes after this, I don't know. Uh, but I do know that we're in lockstep with him. And there was an event that the Lord put on our heart to do in Frisco this month. And it's next Friday. We uh, rented uh, the largest church we could find in Frisco. We invited our online family to it. And we were having a night of worship. Uh, there's some of uh, Larissa and I friends, upper room friends. Our worship team will be there. And we want you to come. Uh, you can register online. Please register online. It is going to be awesome. It's going to be similar to our New Year's Eve event. If you've ever been to a New Year's Eve event, there will be preaching, worship, ministry. There will just be a whole flow 
of different things that we do, but I promise you, you're gonna encounter Jesus. And I really encourage you to bring a friend that maybe be on, might be on the fence of either something like the upper room or just on the fence of the kingdom, on the fence of Jesus. I really think this is gonna nudge them over. We're gonna preach the gospel. We're, we're targeting millennials and Gen Z specifically. And so if that's you and you have some friends, this is a great night to invite them out. It's at Elevate, I think Elevate Life or Elevate Church, um, Elevate Life. Elevate Life in Frisco this Friday. Don't miss it. Come on. And then the Friday after that, so it's the last Friday in May, we have one more event. My friend Michael Koulianos is coming. And uh, Michael and Jess are bringing the Jesus Image team. And Jesus Image is going to be leading worship. Michael's going to be preaching. Uh, this is going to be their night, but we're hosting them. And so he wanted me to make sure that the Upper Room family was invited. I think it's going to be a packed house, but uh, I think you can register online for that as well. So two uh, events the next two Fridays, um, you don't want to miss either one. And I think both will be great opportunities uh, to bring your friends and family to. Uh, so I want to make a, a pitch for you. I'm going to make a plea. Um, I'm going to ask you to give money, uh, maybe tonight, but for sure by May 24th. And I, I know that when I'm looking around, there's a lot of young people in the room and uh, you may or may not have uh, a significant amount of money. I, I really don't care what amount of money you give. Uh, if you're part of the Upper Room family, I'm asking you to give. Uh, and I'm asking you not just to give like what you, what's comfortable, <laughs> you know, what, what you think you can give. I'm asking you to ask the Lord what you should give. Uh, because I am watching people respond to the call that I'm gonna give tonight in sacrificial and supernatural ways. And I believe it's the Lord authoring faith for your gifts. Uh, there's three types of gifts given. So remember last week I taught quite a bit it was very teachy on the language of the spirit and, and praying in tongues and speaking in tongues, just making it very practical for you. I, I wanna just do a, 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 a soft teaching, but it's gonna be a teaching on giving. Uh, do you know that there's three levels of giving? Like as a believer, you know, you're like, I'm just gonna give to the church. Okay, well, what, what type of gift are you giving? It fits into one of three categories. Now, if I were to like, point at you and say, do you know those three categories? Could you tell me what they are? If not, I want you to listen up because this is, this is really important for you uh, to grow in discipleship with Jesus, a part of your worship. It's not just songs. It's not just raising your hand. Um, it's not just coming to the upper room. It's not just reading your word. Um, th there's multifacets to you being a disciple of Jesus. And one of the facets has to do with how you steward your resources. Uh, you are going to give an account for everything the Lord has entrusted to you. And I don't know if you know this, but everything in the, on the earth is the Lord. Everything on it, everything in it, it's his. Did you know that? Come on. It's all his. So everything you possess, it's actually from him. And so you're just stewarding the resources that you have. And so w one of the things that I believe is is pre-Old Testament and is so foundational to the life of a giver. And if you're a Christian, you give. <laughs> like ducks, they quack. Fish, they swim. Christians give. It's just what we do. We, 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 our life is not our own. It's, it's, it's the one that we're following. It's how he lived. And so part of that is, is your resources. And a lot of you don't think you have enough, so it doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you, as long as you think you don't have enough, it won't matter. And when you see what you have does matter, then you're going to start stewarding those resources in such a way that I believe the Lord's going to give you more. And I believe he's going to entrust you with more. The Bible, actually, it's a principle. If you're faithful with a little, you get more. The, the parable of the talents is, is the one that did nothing with what he had, that got taken away. But the one with the most actually got more. Why? Stewardship. And some of you, if you can tap into this at a young age, it's, it's, it's so, so crucial for you. And so um, I'm not going to do a, a, a full-on thing on the three levels, but the first level, and, and two of them are mentioned, two levels are mentioned in Malachi chapter uh, three. 
um, when he is rebuking them for uh, their stewardship. And he said, you've robbed me. And he said, you've robbed me of two things. Can anyone tell me what the two things are? You've robbed me of tithes. Everyone say tithes. And offerings. Everyone say offerings. So those are two of the three types of gifts. Now, the first one is tithes. And I don't actually believe the tithe is um, a gift or you giving. I, I believe it's actually us returning what's rightfully his. Because uh, the tithe is 10%. That's what it means. It means a tenth. And it's 10% of whatever you receive. And it's the first 10%. So any money that comes to you, you want to give the first fruits and you want to give 10% of the first. That's just biblical. Um, it's in Proverbs. It's in, uh, it's everywhere. It's in the law. It was grain offerings. It was uh, firstborn. Um, just, there's a lot to it, but it's pretty simple. 10% it's his. And, and what it does is just reminding you that, hey, 100% of it is his. I'm bringing my first 10% and I actually believe it blesses the 90. I believe it's a way of opening up blessing for you, for your finances, when you give him your first fruits, when you give him 10%. So there's the tithe. And then the next level, we just talked about it. What was it? An offering, an offering. So what would an offering be? How would that be different than a tithe? Because I thought a tithe was an offering. How would a tithe be different than an offering? Well, if you get into the 11% of your finances, you just entered into offering. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's Anything good. above the tithe is an offering to the Lord. That's good. So this is calculated. It's like you can take out your, you can measure this. You can take a calculator and say, wow, I make $100 a week. So if I make $100 a week and I get paid on Friday, when that paycheck hits my bank account at 10 a.m., what should I do? I give $10 where? To the, tithe. to the tithe. I give it to the Lord. And then if I give $11, what have I just entered into? Offering. The offering category. Yeah. Oh, you guys are good. Thank you. It's very good teaching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I said there's three levels of giving. Um, and, and the third one I think is, is where things get really fun. Uh, and all are done in faith, but the third one actually, I believe is, is there's unction from the Lord to do it. I believe he calls us to do it. But I, I like to call those sacrificial offerings or painful offerings. And that's where um, I'll, I'll take a couple that's at the upper room, for example. Um, they've been saving uh, for their first home for a while. Uh, months, if not, I think maybe a year plus. And they have a nest egg and they're ready to purchase a home. But as they heard about the need that Upper Room has and that the Lord is, is calling us to, to, to build a new home for people and just this journey that we've been on, they pray about it and the Lord says, would you give a painful offering? Would you give a sacrificial offering? Well, what would that be, Lord? Would you give a part of that nest egg that you've been saving up, would you entrust that to me in faith and watch what I do? And so behind the scenes, I know that they prayerfully are, have considered that, they've asked for counsel and they have actually given that. I, I gave the same talk on Tuesday. Um, I gave it to uh, 15 to 20 people. We sat in a room uh, in North Dallas, we invited them. And uh, they were people the Lord had put on our hearts just to tell them about the need that we have. And uh, I laid out what I'm laying out to you tonight, this need for a building. And, um, and in the room on Tuesday night, 15 people, and I think we're still waiting on two people to respond, but with 15 to 20 people, I don't know. Do you know how many exactly were there? 15, 20? Okay, 20 people. Um, the next morning, uh, my executive called and he said, Michael, last night, those 20 people, we're still waiting on two. So 18 people uh, have committed $835,000. Wow. It's awesome. Amazing. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Someone else, uh, an individual, had been uh, calculating and knew that we would need a building at some time, and they had been planning, and they gave a sacrificial offering, which was $900,000. 
And then on top of that, we had another six or so saved up from the last advance fund that we did. So we're, oh, we're north of two million and uh, we're in the process of securing financing. We have uh, an investment firm, Believers, they're flying in, uh, I think maybe this week, uh, to spend time with us. And I believe they've allocated nine million to us. And my hope is that we've raised two, but by the end of this month, we can get to the four or five million dollar uh, mark. That we can have that in-house. Yes. And so um, I am asking you, uh, as our community, I'm looking around and man, everyone in here, the majority of you are under the age of 40. And so I'm just asking you though, to respond to this invitation, to partner with what God is doing. Um, for you, some of you, it's just like, man, I may not, I'm not gonna get a latte daily. I'm gonna give my three bucks to the church and that's sacrificial, awesome. Do it in faith, watch how God blesses you. But for others, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're connected, maybe your family, maybe, I don't know how you can steward this invitation to present it before the Lord and see how he's going to meet this need. But I know it's going to be a collective effort. And my faith actually isn't, I mean, it, it is in you because I know the Lord's going to speak to you. Uh, but I ask this with utter joy and faith in my heart. Because I believe God's going to provide for us. You know, every, every uh, I was just studying in scripture the different times uh, that the temple was built. And, um, and you know, the temple, do you have the, the picture? The temple was um, actually built on this mount. This is called uh, Temple Mount. And one day I'm taking all of you there. And uh, this is Jerusalem. And it is currently, and I say currently, because biblically, um, this land actually belongs to the Jewish people. It's currently occupied by uh, Islam and Muslims. So that's the Dome of the Rock. Um, this is the Western Wall here. Actually, this is the Southern, Western, Eastern Wall. This is the Eastern Wall. That's the Eastern Gate. Um, we're standing looking at this picture on the Mount of Olives. And... Uh, And in Zechariah 14, it says Jesus, well, in the gospel says Matthew, Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives. But Zechariah 14 says that he will descend on the Mount of Olives. So when he returns, he's going to return and he's going to be facing Jerusalem this way. And he's going to walk down the Mount of Olives. He's going to cross the Kidron Valley, which is right here. These are all Muslim graves because they know the Jewish Messiah is supposed to go through the Western gate, but they also know that a holy man can't touch a dead thing. So they're actually blocking the gate by burying their dead there. Now, we know what Jesus does with dead things. <laughs> I mean, so. But, but he's going to go through the Eastern gate. And on this mount, he's going to establish his throne and he's going to reign and rule from Jerusalem for a thousand years. It's beautiful. But this piece of land is really, really sacred and special. Uh, I believe the first time it's mentioned in scripture, well, actually, I think in Jewish thought, and I'll have to ask Rabbi, Rabbi's here next weekend with us. I believe in Jewish thought. I believe he told me this. I'm going to say, I believe, I believe, I believe, because please, you can look it up yourself. But I believe this is where they think Adam was formed. Um, but I know this, that uh, this is biblically Mount Moriah. Everyone say Mount Moriah. So Mount Moriah may not ring a bell. Um, they call it Temple Mount, but Mount Moriah, Temple Mount are the same thing. Um, uh, Mount Moriah is where Abraham was called. Uh, in Genesis 22, the Lord said, uh, Abraham, take your son, which is the promise, arise and come to the place that I'll show you. For I want you to offer your, your firstborn. And so they went on a journey and they came to this place. And it was here on Mount Moriah that Isaac was offered. Now we know, and I, I believe that Isaac was ready and he was pulling down. And I believe the hand of the Lord stopped him. And, um, and it was a prophetic picture of God giving his firstborn son. 
but it was, it was a sacrifice. <laughs> just, just hard to fathom what took place and consecrated this mount in Genesis 22. But many offerings have been made on this mount. Uh, David wanted to build a what for the Lord? He wanted to build a house. He wanted to build a temple. And uh, we know that he didn't, but he made preparations, sacrificial preparations for his son to build on Temple Mount, this mount. He would allocate, and this is a sacrificial number, even though he's a king, this is a lot of money. But modern estimates are that he spent and saved up and provided for Solomon close to $21 billion worth of materials to build the temple. So when he died, Solomon had access to what David had given to prepare a place for the Lord. Then Solomon in response and the model of David's life as an extravagant offering, Solomon would offer the day that the temple was built, uh, 20,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. That's 142,000 animals killed in a day. That's sacrificial. On the Temple Mount, that's where the threshold was that the Jebusite owned after David took a census. He wanted to build an altar on the threshing floor. Why this place? I think David knew the significance of it. And so he went to the Jebusite and said, I want to build an altar here. And the Jebusite said, take it, it's yours. And this is a famous quote from David. David said, I must pay you for I will not offer something to the Lord that does not cost me anything. Second Samuel 24, 24, that's on the temple mount, the threshing floor of the Jebusite. What's my point? My point is that men respond to the call to build. And usually that means sacrificial offerings are given. You are a temple of God. That title did not come cheap. It came by the offering of Jesus's temple and his life. So I believe that God is calling us as a family to prepare the way for the Lord in Dallas, Texas. The words that I'm getting from my friends that I, 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 I used to just pocket these and I pray them and I cherish them, but they're telling me over and over and over and over and over again, you haven't seen anything yet. There's a harvest of millennials, a harvest of Gen Zers. The nation is peaking in and churches are going to be transformed by your love for him. It's not my preaching. It's not even our worship and the things that are happening. You know what? I am convinced people are watching to you love him. I think they're provoked when they come into this room because of your hunger for him. And I believe the Lord wants to invite more people into your love for King Jesus. And I know the only way that's going to happen though, is if we collectively respond and it's going to be painful. It's going to be challenging, but I don't want us to back down from that. And so there's a QR code. Can you snap this? And then honey, come on up. Can you take a picture of that with your phone? This is the coolest thing I think we do. I mean, come on. That's creepy. I'm getting in your phone. So to pull up a website. And uh, that's how you give. Um, you can also give and note a check or something. Just put building, advance fund, whatever. But that will give you the the details of where we're going. It's triple the footprint that we have. It is all that in a bag of chips. It's everything that we desire, need. It's what we've been praying for. It has a six story parking garage. Can you say hallelujah? I mean, some of you guys are walking like to South Dallas to park here. And I grieve at that. But now we have a parking garage. I don't know, maybe it'll have an elevator and you just go down the elevator and walk through the parking garage and you're here. I mean, come on, that would be crazy. There's a street that drives through these two buildings. It's going to be a campus. And when we want to do this, we can block off the street and have a block party. We can put concerts outside. We can like, I don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be amazing because the possibilities are 
endless. But you got to give. You got to give. So I want you to show this video real quick. And as this video is playing, I want you, this question to be in your heart. How am I to respond to this call? Look at that baby. There's the sixth story. Okay, that's the office's potential prayer room up top, which would be crazy because the city looks this way. We're going south, the city's north. That's the sanctuary with all the dope Range Rovers and Porsches. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is what happens when you tithe and give. You get Range Rovers, Porsches, trucks. I'm just kidding. Coho. <laughs> Porsche, 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 Porsche. I don't know who did these renderings. School right there, got another school, and a load of Porsches. We're going to open up a dealership. So see this corner right here? This is another thing just to talk about. That corner, it's called a hard corner in real estate. And uh, it alone is worth a lot of money, especially in the next two to three years, what we could do with that in order to make profit if we sold it. It's just not only a great opportunity for us as a community, it's a great investment. And what that means is there's some other property that I'm already eyeing. In South Dallas, there's a flat piece of land. It's on a bluff. It overlooks the city. It would be the dopest, most incredible view of the city. I already see it. We'd be worshiping up top, the city behind us. It would truly be an upper room. And I really feel like this is step one under step two. Like I feel the Lord is giving us a 30, 40 year vision in this season. I think it's why we're fasting. I think it's why we're doing what we're doing. And so I just want to invite you into this soil. It's good soil. The Lord says, test me in this. And I feel like I'm speaking. I'm, I, I didn't even go this deep into it today, but I feel like I'm speaking specifically to men and women and families and you have resources and you're wondering, what do I do with it? And I believe with all of my heart that God is doing a new thing in this house. It's not about this house. It's not about me. I believe it's for our city. I believe it's for our nation. And I believe it's for the nations. And I just want you to prayerfully consider, hear from the Lord and act in faith. So Jesus, bless the ears that hear this. Give them ears to hear your voice, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. All right, here's the mother of the house, my bride, <laughs> Larissa. I, I, uh, thank you. I wanted to share a dream. Uh, the Lord was just reminding me of it as he was talking. Um, I don't know how many of you have been during this fast submitted any dreams you've had that you felt like are for upper room as a body, but... If you have a dream that you feel like is for us as a body, as a community, or over our city, you can send it to dreams at uroom.org. We review those and pray through those. Um, but one of the dreams that someone submitted this week is that she was sitting in a new building at a desk with a window, and she had a straight view to the Omni Hotel downtown. You know the one that's all lit up, all different colors all the time? And on the side of the Omni Hotel was playing out um, the life of Jesus in animated form. Um, and, and, you know, wow, cool dream, right? So this week we're, we're praying and processing this dream and then all of a sudden a spirit of revelation just hit us. He's gonna become entertainment in our city. That, that he, his, his omnipresence his omnipotence, his omniscience is going to become our entertainment, that a generation is going to yet again be captivated. And so I just feel like this building and what God's doing is unto a generation being entertained again by Jesus, like he becomes the thing that captivates them again, that captivates all of us again. Yes? Amen. So... 
Um, we just say, yes, Lord, captivate our city, captivate Gen Z, captivate the alpha generation, captivate millennials with your presence, with your omniscience, your omnipotence, your omno, you know, <laughs> in Jesus' name. Um, omni, what, I can't think of all of them, but anyway. Um, hey, I wanted to chat with you a little bit about Mother's Day and about women. And so are you down for that? Can we do that? <clears throat> Listen, um, Mother's Day is just a man-made holiday, right? It's not, it doesn't have its like or biblical origins. Um, someone came up with it to celebrate mothers. And I actually just flipped through on my phone just now. I thought, oh, I wonder, I, I, I've never thought to study that. And I actually discovered that the woman who founded the holiday Mother's Day, toward the end of her life, in protest of how commercial it became, was trying to abolish the holiday. But by the time she was at the end of her life, the holiday had sort of taken hold. But I say that to say that when I say the word mother, there's not a single one of us that doesn't have a relation to the idea or the term. Like we all have a mother. You all came from a woman's body, yes? And that comes with a massive variety of experiences about what a mother is, what it means to you. I was talking to someone today who lost their mother three weeks ago. So mother, for many of us, is a painful term. There are those of us in the room that have had miscarriages, those of us that have lost mothers, those of us that have had abortions, those of us that have given babies up for adoption, those of us that long to be mothers that aren't one yet. There is just a massive, I'm not even going to cover it all. I mean, there's mothers in this room that are waiting for your prodigal to be sitting next to you. And I just know it's like a, ugh, there's mothers that didn't get a phone call from their kids today because there's a broken relationship. And, and so I just felt like it was really important as a mother to just acknowledge it can be a hard day and it can be a strange day and a weird day for a lot of women and, or people in general. And I just felt like it was worth acknowledging that and for you to know that if it's a painful day for you, I just want, would you guys do me a favor? If, if it's a painful day, if there's an element of pain for you, would you just raise your hand? I just want you to, will you guys look around? I just want you to know you're not alone. This morning, um, Ava was up here leading worship and she shared the most sweetest vulnerable thing. She, her mom's in heaven with the Lord. And so she said, you know, today is, can be, should be a very painful day for me. And it was so brave of her to stand up and say that and, and, and just sort of open that up. And she was talking about how sweet it is to know that one day she'll be with her mom because of Jesus. But gosh, it is just, it can be a hard day. And, and I wanna acknowledge that it can be and also that it's just a made up day <laughs> as well. Um, but, it seems also, at the, in the same breath, a very appropriate thing to celebrate and honor. Am I right? Um, because we all do come from a woman. And there's something that women have and carry in the reflection of the image of God that we've just been wanting to honor and, and acknowledge here in this house. That that we're, we're celebrating what God's doing with women, not to the exclusion of men, but in honor of men and in honor of the face of our creator and how in his image, stand up, reward him, Pam. Come on, turn around and look at everybody. Listen, guys, in his image, he created them, male and female, female and Listen, together, these guys reflect the fullness of God. Reward alone does not reflect the fullness of God. And I'm talking like in big generalities, right? I'm not saying like if you're single, then you don't reflect God. I'm saying, I'm saying that 
it's together the fullness and even, and thank you guys, and even not just male and female, but the fullness of our, the varieties of our skin colors, like oh, the, the billion shades of skin that are represented on the earth. Like together we reflect his image. <clears throat> and I, I, can I just share a couple of things about women tonight that I just were on my heart to share? <clears throat> the Lord spoke to me this morning about the power of a woman, what a woman believes. He said, sin entered history through a woman. I hate it too, guys. I don't like that either. I don't like thinking about that. But the truth is that Satan came and he deceived and tempted Eve and she bought it, hook, line, and sinker. She believed him. She believed what he said over what God said. And I'm always like, ah, come on, Eve. Why couldn't have been Adam? <laughs> but listen, God had a plan in mind because he also brought redemption through a woman who said, be it unto me. Here is the maid servant of the Lord. The Lord so intentionally said, sin entered through a woman and I'm going to birth my redemption through a woman through what she said, okay, I believe you. You know, Elizabeth said, blessed is she who believed what the Lord said to her. And so I want you to hear me, young woman or unmarried woman or woman of whatever age tonight that someone is speaking to you and what you believe has the power to change history, which voice you're gonna submit to. I was just like shook by it this morning as I was sitting with him and I thought, wow. And I was talking with Michael and he said, wow, that really turns the idea of submission just on its head. Because see, Eve submitted herself to the liar of all liars, the father of lies. She came under his authority when she believed what he said. And then Mary, submitted herself to the crazy mystery that the angel said to her. So what you submit to is massive. Not just for you, but for the earth, for mankind. You have no idea what you may be saying yes to and the ramifications of it. I've been getting in a lot of trouble lately talking about, for some reason, the fact that there's a male and a female. Like for some reason that upsets people. I, I still am baffled that that's offensive. Well, where was I recently? Oh, I was filling out, uh, my daughter had a rash and so I was doing a tele-doctor visit and so the little questionnaire says like, is she a male or a female? And I thought, is it so weird that I'm living in an age where that is an offensive question? It's not to me, but I was like, oh, I'm surprised they only gave me two options. But it actually matters for the kind of medical care she would receive. They would need to know that information. And so I just feel like it's so important for us to celebrate the fact that women, God crafted us to bear and give life. You were created to bear and Michael will never, ever, 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 ever carry a baby. There's not even a place inside of his body to put one. I have things inside of me that can carry a baby that he, he doesn't even have that body part. There's not, it doesn't, it's not inside of it. He's so thankful because he's watched me birth four of them. Listen, yeah, you, you men should be saying amen. You have a, no idea. <clears throat> but I, it, it is an important time for us to, to honor 
just the beauty, the sanctity, and the fact that it's a reflection of the image of God. It's a reflection of the image of God. I've just been, I've just been meditating and mulling on the fact that like one day when we get to heaven, someone else told me this, so I, I didn't come up with this and bless you if it was you, I can't remember it was, but they said, isn't it wild that one day when we actually see Jesus, there's only gonna be one human whose DNA he looks like. Like he will have the characteristics of someone. And it's a woman. He will have her like, you know, I don't know. Does he have her nose? Does he have her eyes? Her, how beautiful is that? The power that we have of what we submit to. So today I was saying, Lord, tell me how, I know that, you know, we talk about how women are a reflection of his nature in the way that we can nurture, in the way that we can comfort, in the way that, and I, yes, 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 I, I, you know, you've probably heard how, how the, the word for Holy Spirit is the same word, the helper that he created suitable for Adam is the same word used for Holy Spirit. It wasn't for like a a junior God member, it, it was just for to describe the nature of the Holy Spirit. It's the same word that he used to describe us as women. Uh, someone that's suitable to him, complementary to him, not the same as him. Good gosh. Like if someone's breaking in my house, no offense, Pam, but like I don't want Pam guarding my door. You know, I, I want reward there guarding my door. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm sure some of you ladies could beat someone up, but um, <clears throat> I, just, I just feel like it's important to celebrate, but I was, I was just dialoguing with the Lord this morning and he said, you know, I, I bear scars on my body that I'll have, he's in a glorified body. Imagine, we don't even know what that means. Like, but the Bible says that Jesus is in a glorified body, but he still has something that's sort of unsightly, if you will. He's got these scars here and here and down here and one on his side. I don't know if he has any here, but he will forever bear the marks of him laying down his life. And I think about how, how many of you have, have had a baby in this room? Raise your hand. Oh, not very many, amen. Oh, come on, don't be shy, we're proud. Listen, and many who will, will bear children in this room, listen, your body will bear the marks of you laying down your life for someone to give life to another. You will forever bear the mark. Newsflash. Whatever you've seen in the magazine ain't real. You will bear the mark of giving life. And it is so Christ-like. He is so, imagine how much it draws us to him, to think of him glorified and yet still with these these marks on him. And they're the marks that say, you belong to me. I bought you. This is what I, it will forever be saying that. We'll forever be gazing at him and seeing those marks. And I'm thinking about how as a woman, I'm just, I'm forever gonna have the marks of like, I gave someone life. So I'd, I know many of you are, maybe you're single, maybe you haven't had a baby yet, but I just wanna encourage you as women about your role as a life bearer. And it's my conviction that any woman is a mother. Like you, it, you don't have to have the badge of having children to walk as a mother. I, there's a girl in our community right now that is, single and fostering children. I mean, it's something to behold. I don't care what you think about that other than it's beautiful and selfless, so selfless, so amazing. So anyway, will you stand up with me? I don't, did you wanna have, do you have anyone here lined up?
Okay. Jeff. Guys, welcome. Oh, you're going to bless me. I, I can bless you too, but... Um, Please. <laughs> um, if you're a mom, would you stand up? Yeah. Actually, I, I want to... Yes, I want to do moms. Yeah. Um, I was going to do mama stand up. So, um, you know, look, looking around, I think we do have some mamas that are visiting. And so we want to welcome you to our yeah. family and just honor you. It probably means yeah. your kiddos come here. Um, and it's just such an honor to have your, your kiddos mm -hmm. here. But one of the, one of the things we do uh, weekly um, in, at the Miller household is we hold a dinner called Shabbat dinner. And we bless one another. So we bless each kid. We bless mom. We bless dad. And we read this blessing over Larissa uh, every Thursday night. And so I want to read this over you guys. It's from uh, the Jewish, it's a Jewish Bible. It's from the Tree of Life. Uh, and I pause. And when I pause at my household, what do we do, Hannah? When I pause, when... Oh, hallelujah. You want to do hallelujah tonight? Or amen. Or amen. Let's do hallelujah. <laughs> so my kids will shout when I pause, and we're shouting over her because these promises are true. Yeah. And so we're going to say hallelujah as these promises are true. It's how the Lord designed you to be. And so I want to read this over you. An accomplished woman who can find. Hallelujah. There we go. Her value is far beyond rubies. Her husband's heart trusts in her. Hallelujah. And he lacks nothing valuable. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. Hallelujah. She selects wool and flax, and her hands work willingly. She is like merchant ships, bringing her sustenance from afar. Hallelujah. She rises while it's still night and provides food for her household and portions for a servant girl. She considers a field and buys it. From the fruits of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength, invigorates her arms. She discerns that her business is good. Her lamp never goes out. She extends her hands to the spindle. I was actually trying to figure out what a spindle is. Sorry. I was like, do I? Um, someone email me. Um, she buys clothes online, because <laughs> that's what that means. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, and her palm grasps the spinning wheel. She spreads out her palms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Mm. She's not afraid of, of snow for her house, for her whole household is clothed in scarlet wool. She makes her own luxurious coverings, her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gates. Thank you. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the days to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. A lesson of kindness is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and bless her. Her husband also praises her. Many daughters have excelled, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is in vain. But a woman who fears Adonai shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands. Let her deeds be praised at the gates. We bless you, mamas. We love you. We are so honored that you're in our family. Yes. <laughs> I love that you guys are standing the Gamboas. I know they should. I told uh, Gabe, I said, man, it's the first Mother's Day. Don't forget. And he goes, oh, I haven't. I, 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 I woke up before. And I was like, oh, you usually sleep in. <laughs> So he let her sleep in. That was the blessing. Good job. Um, hey, this morning we had like uh, a bunch of uh, husbands bless their wives and fathers bless their mothers. Today we just have uh, one and it is Mr. Hastings. So Jeff and Michelle are here. So would you guys come up and they're going to bless their wife. It was such a, it was such a cool insight to family um, this morning as we 
peered into husbands blessing wives and it was just really, really special. So Jeff and Michelle are elders uh, at the upper room and uh, he has just, uh, they've just been such uh, a help to Larissa and I and to the elder team. So we're really glad you're here. Love you. This is actually quite special since we're the only one. Yeah, this actually touches my heart. So thank you, God. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Michelle, it was a little over 30 years ago that I asked for your hand in marriage and you said yes. And also at that time, I thought, truly, I thought we were the only ones to have ever fallen in love. Everyone else thought they knew what love was, but we were the very first ones. Since that time, our love has grown. It's, it's deeper than it ever has been before, and it's beyond anything I could have ever imagined. I've learned empathy from you. I've learned compassion from you. I trust you more than any other person. <laughs> more than any other person in this world, I trust you and I trust your heart. You have my best interest at heart. You have the interest of our kids at heart. <clears throat> Our four girls have watched you demonstrate what it means to be a good mother, a wife, and more importantly, a woman of God. They've seen how you've acted, how you respond, and they've, and they've seen the Father flow through you. Whenever good things happen, you're the first one to give God thanks, and when things are tough, you're the first one to fall on your face and say, God, help, and that's amazing. We were talking yesterday about how our, our life is like a trilogy. You have book one, it's kind of the childhood, early adult, etc. Book two is career, marriage, things of that nature. And then book three is when the, the kids are gone, empty, empty nest. And every, every good adventure story also has a romance to it. Two people facing all the dangers, celebrating the victories. As we're closing, the pages on book number two and starting book number three. I'm so excited to see what God has in store for us and the adventure that he has planned for us. And I wouldn't want to do it with anyone but you. I love you. See you later. That's it. We're done. Beautiful. Um, no, uh, uh, you can stand. That, that's really all we have for tonight. I don't know how to close it. Um, other than if you're a single male, there's a lot of single girls, so ask someone out after seeing that. Is that good? I think that's a good... Yes, and if you are a mom... In any form, single mom, empty nester mom, whatever kind of mom you are, we have something for you as you walk out the door. So, they're roses. Be sure to get a rose. Grab a rose. It's, it's not a pile of money. Yeah. So, hey, we also have a ministry team. If you need prayer, you need healing, you need direction, you need um, anything from the Lord, we want to partner with you and pray for you. We also start.